to another edition of Drop the Mitts podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tommy Bennett. I am also joined by our other host, Chris Davis. Chris, how are you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. Finals week, so just trying to grind through finals and drink beer. You know, yeah, get get through this and uh, yeah, get to vacation next week. Oh hell yeah! We are also joined by our other host, Zach Williams. Zach, how are you doing, brother? Same boat as Chris, trying to grind through finals here, uh, you know, finish it up and uh, go into winter break. Heck yeah. I hope you guys enjoy winter break, you know, however long that lasts these days. But, um, you know, we got some awesome hockey talk. There's a little bit that's going on in the hockey world. Uh, but what we are going to start off with is the World Junior Championship rosters. They've been released. We have Team USA and Team Canada in front of us. Let's go to Team Canada first. Go to our uh, brothers from up from uh, northern border, and uh, what do you guys think of the rosters? You know, based on you know what, you know what's been laid out for for the public to see. It just, dude, this Canada roster just seems very like underwhelming. Like I, I'm used to like in the past them being like four lines deep, right? And then yeah, like three, bagging. yeah, like three D pairs deep, and it just seems like this year it's very. You get some big names on there. Obviously, Macklin Celebrini, who's, you know, projected number one pick um, in this draft. Um, you got some other big names, Nate Danielson, um, you know, Braden Yeager. Um, he was a first rounder last year for the Penguins. Matthew Wood, um, first round pick in Nashville, who, you know, he's at UConn right now. I don't know, man. Like, it, I'm curious what Zach thinks because it just seems like a very underwhelming roster. Like, especially when you're comparing it to like the U.S. team or and mm -hmm. even like Sweden, who their roster came out today. Um, it just seems very underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, it just you take a look at the Canada World Junior rosters in the past, like you said, and it's just. It doesn't feel like this is a this is a team a team Canada that can really. Win it all, like you said. You got guys Celebrini, Geeky, Savoy, Jaeger, Danielson, um, and all all those guys are great. But then, like you take a look at the USA roster, and it is just absolutely stacked, top to bottom. Um, I mean, you take a look at the USA: Seamus Casey, Lane Hudson, Gavin Brindley, Cutter Gauthier, James Higgins, Rucker McGroarty. Uh, Frank Mazur, Gabe Perot, Will Smith, Jimmy Snuggerud, and that's just like grazing the list. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's these guys. The USA roster is just I, I, easily a tier above Team Canada. Is there anybody on Team Canada that got left off that you maybe wish they put on there that you were hoping to see make the list, or do you think maybe they yeah. made the right decisions by who they left off and maybe didn't put them on there? No, I, so for me, dude, there's a couple. Well, there's one main one that I was just mind blown at the fact that they left him off, um, and that's Bradley Nadeau. Um, you know, he's ripping it up at UMaine right now, like unreal. Um, 12 games, 10 goals, 9 assists, um, 19 points. Um, you know, he's a plus 12 in the Hockey East, which we all know is a fucking loaded conference. Yeah. Um I was I was pretty surprised that they left him off. Um he was really the only one and then obviously on defense um a guy Owen Pickering. Um but I think he has a lot of skill. Um he's a really good defender. Um they left him off as well and I'm just looking at the list of defensemen and I 
I think he would be one of the better defensemen on this roster if he would have made the team. Um, but yeah, those are the two guys for me. I don't know about Zach. If, if Zach has any other guys that, you know, you were kind of surprised by. No, I mean, you pretty much, uh, pretty much nailed it. Those were like the, you know, two big ones, but I mean, then you take a look over at the USA roster and you don't see a guy, you don't see Cole Eisenman on there. Um, yeah. and you know, he, Cole Eisenman, great player, projected number two pick in the, uh, in the 20, 2024 NHL draft, you know, tearing it up over, uh, over in the USHL with the uh, national team development program. But it just, uh, the only reason I could think of that he was left off is, you know, seems to be a bit of a defensive liability. And on this team, it seems like he's, you know, uh, on the third line, like so, probably around the third line. Cause you got, you got all these guys that are playing in the NCAA and at schools like BU, BC, Michigan, uh, wherever it might be. And, you know, Eisman hasn't played college hockey. It's like these guys can just Eisman just in when you're on third line, got to be there defensively. And Eisman doesn't seem to be in that spot. Yeah, let's not forget. I mean, he is 17 years old. I mean, obviously, we you yeah. know we saw Connor Bedard play. You know, World Juniors of that age, but Cole Eisman is not Connor Bedard. Um, he's his own, you know, his own talent and whatever. But I mean, dude, and it's this is no like. Like Cole Eisenman is no slouch, but you look at this fucking roster, dude. Like, it's unbelievable. I mean, the all these first round picks that they have. I'm most excited to see this BC line: Will Smith, Gabe Perot, and Ryan Leonard, because they have been ripping it up. All freshmen ripping up the hockey East. Just unbelievable. Ryan Leonard's now gotten going, and he's on a fucking tear right now. I'm I'm fired up to see that that line, and then I'm I'm curious you know, what other combinations they go with. Cause man, I'm, some of the names on this list, you look at cut, you know, cutter Gauthier, who's probably BC's best player. If I, in my own opinion, and then you have, I wonder if they put him with a guy like Jimmy Snuggerud, who is fucking filthy himself. So I got I'm, I'm, yeah. Where do they have same as Casey? Uh, is he a defenseman or do they have him as a forward? Uh, defenseman. defenseman. Cause he can, cause he can do both. And he's very good at both. Yeah, dude, he like, like he could be legitimately like, like the reverse of like Brent Burns, depending how the Devils want to use him down the line. Because, you know, the Devils got prospects, but like he's not really too too far away. I would imagine. No, I agree. So, I, was, I was just curious where they had him on the roster because either like he can excel at both. No, kid's I agree. A, kid's a wizard back there with the puck. Yeah, I agree. Like, so I went I went to the UMass uh, Michigan game when Michigan was in town. Um, and man, he, he was one of him and Frankie Nazar were two of the players that really stood out to me. I mean, R- Rucker McGordy is big, tall, lanky kid. Um, you know, a brute in front of the net, like a powerful kid, but the two that dude, Seamus Casey, his skating ability was it's so good. Fucking gross, dude. Like again, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it say Michigan gets bounced early this year. I could see him signing with New Jersey and, and playing in the AHL, you know, like to start. Um, yeah. Just watching him, dude, he was phenomenal, especially his skating is what really stood out to me. But, yeah. oh, I mean, the, it, it's going to be fun to watch him. I mean, you, you know, you want to watch these kids play, you know, and they get to represent their countries, you know, for their, you know, at their respective ages. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully, you know, maybe USA will take it this year, but, It'll be interesting. All eyes will maybe be on Canada too, just to you know, just given how we broke down the roster and 
uh, everything that kind of transpired. Uh, do we have Team Sweden on hand or no? We we have Team Sweden. Um, before we get to Team Sweden, dude, I was looking at some of the prospects for – obviously Russia is not in the World Juniors this year. Um, they're not going to be a part of the tournament. But, man, going down this Russian list, it's probably a fucking good thing that they're not part of this, dude. Because, dude, they have Mitchkov, Demidov, Yurov, Daniil Boot, Dmitry Simashev, Miro Shinenko, Duda, dude, like that is an unreal roster I think, right I there. Think like, they would win it. <laughs> I, I honestly I, think honestly, they could win it. They they would probably be the favorites if I had to guess. Honestly, and like, even, and that's not even including if you like pluck managed to pluck uh, Mitnikov from Anaheim. Oh my, yeah, it's true. Is that's he Russian? Like his. I mean, his last name is O.V. I'm pretty sure usually most Russians guys with, like, the last name with, like, an O.V. are usually – usually they're Russian most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I would – hold on. Yeah, I'd me, honestly uh... want to say if Anaheim loaned him, he'd probably yeah, – Yeah, 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 yeah. He is. Mintikov. fucking yeah. beast, dude. From, yeah, he's from Moscow. He's fucking well, – gr- that Anaheim team is gross, dude. They're, I mean, they're obviously gonna, not gonna, right now. They're going to be good. They're going to be. But – uh, like And I think you're seeing – I mean, not to get on like a different tangent, but like you're seeing with the Ducks, it's it's like you you're seeing the different guys like leading the way. Like Zegers is hurt, but you're seeing like McTavish is coming into his own. Leo Carson's load management thing that they're doing, like yeah. he's actually a very dude. Say what I mean, anyone can maybe say what they will. I was kind of surprised when it happened, but he's kind of proven to be like the right pick, like at that spot. You know, like I'm not. You know, it's it's hard to really say like yeah with Fantilli. I think Fantilli's a really good player. I think Columbus is poorly coached. Yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Like the coach they have in place came from the same tree as the guy they just fired after last year's shit show. Yeah. So I mean it's just he Carlson's turning into a beast. That Mitnikov kid is amazing. Give it a couple of years and this Ducks team is they're going to be like the the coyotes right now. Yeah. You know, they they're going to be in that competitive spot where they're you know, maybe they're not like ready to make the playoffs, but they're going to, you know, give teams a hard time and they're, you know, they're going to be hard to play against. Yeah, dude, going back to that Russia roster though, the, like just seeing Mitchkov's name, like people for completely forget that he hasn't even come over yet and like Philly is going to be a real problem, dude. Like Cutter just having both their top two prospects Cutter Gauthier and Mitchkov, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah, when and, Mitchkov fell, I'm like, the Flyers probably got arguably the best player in the draft after Connor Bedard. Yeah, well, the problem Mitchkov's was... Good. yeah, the, whole, the whole situation, it's everything. Yeah, people didn't know whether he was going to actually play for the... You know, like, I'd, I don't know how many teams he actually interviewed with, but I don't think teams felt comfortable, like, especially, like, if he didn't make it clear that he was going to play for them, like... That's that's why he fell, and I guess him and Danny Briere had a really good conversation. Which, dude, they to, for him to fall to seven, like he could have easily been. We could be talking the number two, number three pick. Oh, but he's without question. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you brought up the Sweden roster. Man, they're they're fucking good too. It's gonna be a really fun tournament. The the two that I'm really excited to see on this roster are uh, Axel Sandin Palika. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah, he's a defenseman for the uh, 
Yep, for Detroit, and then also uh, Tom Willander, who he's ripping it up at BC as a or BU, sorry, as a freshman right now. Um, you know, he's one of the another one of those fucking unreal freshmen that are ripping it up. But yeah, it's gonna be. He got drafted by Vancouver. I want to say it was eleventh. Okay. And uh, yeah, dude, that these rosters are. are, It's gonna be a fun fucking tournament to watch. And uh, I don't know, like. Zach, are there any players that you're excited to see, um, not, no matter um, what roster? Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really excited to watch uh, Cutter Gautier play. He's one of my favorite players. Um, uh, he's definitely going to be fun to watch, like you guys said, Seamus Casey. Um, and I'm really excited to see Trey Augustine in goal for the United States. Um, I think he is going to be a special, special talent um, for, for Detroit who, you know, could – could really use because if you put a stud goaltender on that team, he is that team. That team's good as it is. You know they have Billy Huso, but you develop Augustine to the right goaltender, he is going to be a top goaltender in a couple of years in the NHL. Yeah, they dude. The U.S. has phenomenal goaltending. You, you mentioned starting with Trey Augustine, and man, Jacob Fowler's no slouch either. I mean, he's having a really good season at BU or BC. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really excited for this tournament. But, uh, yeah. you know, we, we can pivot a little bit to uh, the NHL. Um, recently, um, last week, Nikita Zadorov was finally traded um, after kind of a rough start to the season um, in Calgary. Um, what do you guys think of this trade? I mean, it, it seems like they really didn't give up a whole lot. Um, no, really, Vancouver got a, you know, and, and Vancouver's been, you know, playing real good hockey and, and they got a really good brute defenseman a defensive defenseman who's got a little bite to his game, and they didn't give up a whole hell of a lot. No, they didn't. They gave up their third round, and they gave up the fifth-round pick that they got from Chicago in the Bavillier deal. Yeah. So, I mean, whether, you know, regardless of whether he signs or whether he stays there after the season is here nor there, but you could tell that, you know, Rick Tockett's got this team playing well. They're getting good goaltending. Quinn Hughes is doing Quinn Hughes things. You have the big boys up front that are playing really, really well. Pedersen's looking great. Uh, he, he's he's going to get one hefty raise. Uh, JT Miller, you know, just after you know all the rumblings last year, he, he's he's still playing really well. Chronic looks great alongside Quinn Hughes too. Yeah. But to get this, just to get this Zadorov, just a big guy who can defend. He's physical. Kind of like. Kind of like someone you could see be like a Rick Tockett. Like that's how Rick Tockett played. He could yeah. score. He could fight. He could. He'd run you over. Like Tockett was a hard guy to play against, and to have that in the lineup, I think that's an element missing on the back end. If they don't sign him, it's it's fine. But I think it's like it shows they're really going for it in a Pacific that it's kind of a really wide open after the first three spots, and they've got one of the three spots, so. Good for Vancouver. I mean, you know, they need it. They need something. I mean, it's been a couple of bad seasons. So it's just good to see the Canucks, you know, having the success they are. And, you know, hopefully hopefully this Adorov move pans out. Dude, they got him paired with fucking Tyler Myers, too. And uh, I forgot oh who fucking <laughs> – I forgot so who tweeted bad. it, dude. It's like – so it's I forgot. It might have been like Elliot Friedman. They're like, this is a 13-foot – uh, pair of defensemen. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, dude, really? I watched like, the game. I watched the Hughes, the Hughes Bowl last night. Like, dude, Tyler Myers is so bad. 
like Dude, he was he literally like I watched the like the Eric Holla highlight goal and it literally like Hughes went to go forecheck and I guess like Myers misread it and then just wrapped the puck around the boards right to Jack Hughes who gave it right to Holla in front of the net. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like Yeah. Zach, Zach, what what did you think of this trade? Yeah, so you know, the the Canucks obviously get uh, a force in Nikita Zadorov who um, like you said, struggled at the beginning of the season, but so has that entire Flames roster. Um, and like Tommy said, you know, they you guys both said they didn't give up a whole lot. Their third round pick and the fifth round pick in the Bavillier deal. Um, but yeah, I mean that whole Canucks team just seems to be clicking. And like like Tommy said, Pedersen, Hughes, JT Miller, got to show some love to my guy Brock Besser. I love the way he's playing right now, and he's doing wonders for my fantasy team. Um, so, you know, I think Zadorov is a, you know, a really good move for them just going forward, adding adding some stuff to that back end. Like you said, Tower Myers is traffic going out there. Um, and, you know, I think adding, you know, a really big defenseman in Zadorov uh, will really kind of, you know, that's Nikita Zadorov is what they wanted Tyler Myers to be and that he never ended up being. So I think adding Zadorov can, one, help the Canucks back end and, two, also help Tyler Myler, Ty- Jeez, Tyler Myers with his struggles because Zadorov plays a very similar game to what Tyler Myers is supposed to do. Dude, once I saw that the uh, the trade notification, I had to send a wellness check to uh, to Sully's house just to make sure he was all right. And you know, <laughs> I was like, well, but it makes you wonder though. It's like I, I don't want to transition this to fucking bees talk, but it's like it makes you wonder. It's like how couldn't you have made that work? You money. know, like uh, obviously it's money related, but it's That's like, man, it man, I would have liked to have a guy like him on on that third pair. You know, like fuck, if you can find like, somebody to take Forbert, it works. But even even no though he makes Forbert. even though he takes more money, it's yeah. like you, you like Zadorov serves a better purpose than Derek Forbert. Like Derek Forbert, literally, like over the past week, like I okay, so like with prime time, I do the the stock report just it's a fun segment i do and i'll take like a week's whatever however many games it could be four it could be two just whatever the team's playing and i went through the metrics and Derek forbert was the worst goddamn defenseman on the fucking team it was so bad like and he was playing with shattenkirk and shattenkirk had really good metrics and i'm like you're just a fucking traffic cone and you just play on the penalty kill that's why we need you dude can we talk about fucking shattenkirk his fucking silky mitts, dude. Did you see that goal he scored? Where so the beautiful. fuck yeah. did that come from, dude? Pasta's pass obviously was unreal. But yeah, let's fucking talk about the silky mitts on dude, Shattenkirk. It's beautiful. like where the where the fuck did that come from? Apparently, like from what I was reading, I, I can't remember who put it out there what it was, but I think Montgomery like was just kind of telling Shattenkirk like he wanted to see him jump into the play more. I mean, Shattenkirk's always been known a little bit to produce offensively. It was just, you know, we haven't really seen that side yet. But it's like we know he can. And, dude, he just, like, snuck behind the Leafs' D. I mean, it, yeah. and it's just it's, – it's a true testament to Pasternak as a hockey player because he's that good and yeah. you have to be aware of him. But, dude, he just, like, snuck by everybody and Pasternak just literally cross-iced dish. Yeah, dude, it was Sweet gross. Sweet Rigatoni like, on there. and uh, yeah. yeah. Dude, so, like, 
kind of staying on that game, that Toronto game. Like, let's do that. Let's stay on that game because that bro, was a good. So I posted the like the end of the game, right? So I'm sure everyone saw Willie Nylander, you know, <laughs> eat shit. Dude, and your tweet was hilarious, bro. Like, <laughs> like eat shit, and then all of a sudden, like they zero in on John Tavares, dude. Like, stick, like kicking his ass at the fucking opposite there. blue line. Like, and and obviously, I I posted the TikTok, and I just said no back check, tough look. And dude, I got roasted by fucking Leafs fans. They, it was probably split like half and half, right? Saying like, yeah. you know, rip, take the C from, from Tavares. And the others were saying, well, you he's know, old. he would, yeah, he's, he, he's, it's the end of the shift. And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. As soon as you see your fucking player blow a tire, there's no one behind you. You have to bail. And, you know, like, I, I'm curious what you guys thought about that play. Cause I'm like, <laughs> what fucking game are we watching, so, dude? Like, so, so I listened to two pad stack today and they were talking about how like Boston got outshot like every period, except for overtime. They like turned on the jets and just kept going. And it, it was just, you watch that. You don't even watch your video. You watch the real time video, dude. After like Nylander blew a tire in center ice, nobody got back. Like nobody entered the frame. Like, yeah. Pasternak, all right, the breakaway gets saved by Wall. Good save. But, like, nobody else got back, and Marshan's just sitting there. Marshan jumped up in the air to catch the puck, put it down, and scored before anybody even got back. And Tavares is sitting there bitching at the ref. What yeah. are you doing? Well, Dude, if... I don't care how tired you are. Back check. Hustle. That's yeah. the main problem with that entire team is they don't play defense. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny, too, is, you know, I, I kind of was going back and forth with this one fucker. And it's like, dude, he didn't start fucking back checking till the till Poss and Marshy were well into the offensive zone. The then all of a sudden the, he's yeah. like, oh, fuck, and starts and, and bails. But it's like, the dude, pucks, the, the puck's already in the net. The puck's already in the net. And, and my thing is the minute that you you're three on three right now, the minute you see Willie Nylander blow a tire, you're. I'm fucking bailing yeah, back. Go, go. Like, go. You're not getting a line change at that point. You might as well bust your ass back and try to at least defend a little bit. And there was, like, no time left. Yeah, it was, it was towards the end, yeah. Like, even if you were to get a line change, it's not going to do you any good. Because yeah. there's, there was, I think Marshan scored with, what, seven seconds left? Yeah. Well, and yeah, another thing. Think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be a little brutal here. One, because I'm a Bruins fan and I hate the Leafs. And two, that was fucking terrible. John Tavares, and I agree with the, the one half of the Leafs fans that ripped the C right off his chest. That is, listen, and he's done stuff in the past that, you know, has warranted ripping the C off his chest, but this was the icing on the damn cake. It, like you said, once you see Willie Nylander go down, you you get back and you get into that, that defensive zone ju- just about immediately. It was so abysmal on every level of hockey and the fact that he wears that C and just right off it, rip it. I, if I was the, if I was the front office in the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's coming right off. Like after that game, next day it's done. 
That is just as a captain, as any NHL player, you could be the you could be the the, the 13th forward on a team. You still have to make that hustle. It's unacceptable. And like you guys said, by the time he was like, "Oh shit," it, the puck was in the back of the net. Like it, like the cake was baked. So yeah, this you know, and this is the second instance just this year, just against the Bruins. The first. The first thing I really thought about was the uh, Timothy Lilgren injury. You know, that, that starts with the captain, dude. The the failed rec- – you know what? We can blame Ryan Reeves all day for not stepping up and doing anything, but it's also on the captain for, you know, pr- protecting your guys and, and fucking mm-hmm. answer the bell and, and, and answer in some way. It doesn't have to be a fucking fight. It could be anything. Big hit. A big fucking goal, anything, dude. And they just didn't like they did nothing. And one of the things that I was so like pumped about was, you know, Ryan Reeves this time, dude. He played two shifts after the first period. I he, saw that he played he, like he played like under like eight minutes. He can't blame last change for not going after Marchie this time. He can't he blame last change. He, he shouldn't be playing eight game. minutes at all. He's terrible. Ryan Reeves is an awful, awful hockey player. The, yeah, the whole the whole issue with like Toronto, like honestly, like the toughness thing is fine. Like it's not really a big deal. The problem is you bring in a guy like Reeves, who I actually like his personality. I do too. I've always, I've, I've always liked his personality. I, I I loved him with the Rangers. Like that guy, like such a fun guy to just sort of root for because he just like he's just there to like motivate you, you know. Like and he and he was the same way in Minnesota. He's eating up the media right now because he is the most like he honestly might be the most personable guy on that roster. Yeah, he just they signed him for the toughness aspect, but he doesn't necessarily bring anything else to the lineup in terms of like production. Like, I'm not trying to compare to the Bruins, but like their fourth line could maybe be physical, but they at least produce a little bit. He's not producing at all. No, and, and I, Toronto and Toronto doesn't even really play a tough style. That's why, like Tyler Bertuzzi, I don't really think fits there. Given the way his style plays, it doesn't fit that skill game that Toronto likes to run. Yeah, well, I'd even and, go as far as saying that he was a liability in that Bruins game, taking that dumbass penalty, dude, on Patra. Dude, the what? way Bruins Twitter made that scene though, it's like Patra got murdered. I looked at the hit. I'm like. It's a penalty. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's a penalty. Not, but it's not like yeah. It it wasn't I, gruesome. I think I think honestly that's a hit teams make every game. I think the fact that he had a good speed burst going into that hit kind of sealed his fate. I kind of understood where he like complained about it because I was I saw it and I'm like, really? That was the hit? And I'm like, well, it had to be. It had to be the fact because he. He had a good bit of like a charge. You could almost call that more of a charging than a boarding. Well, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is he fucking he he had Patra zeroed in at the fucking blue line when he started skating. And then and all of a sudden, numbers all the way. Yeah. So you know what? The minute that you see numbers, why even fucking bother? I get he's a grinder and he wants to finish his hit, but yeah, the puck was gone. The numbers were showing. There's no reason for that hit. And that and to go back to my point is. He's been almost more of a liability than he has that toughness factor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he hasn't he hasn't shown up when they've needed that toughness factor. Yeah. You know, and, and 
the original point that we're talking about with John Tavares, I agree with Zach. It's like, maybe not to the point of rip it off this year, but like, man, for sure next year, there has to be some sort of a change because what they're doing is not working. It's, you're making the, who would you give the cat? Who would you give the C to? Awesome. Take it away from Tavares. Awesome. Uh, I don't, I, really? I, I agree with Tommy. I don't see Austin Matthews as that it. like captain material. I, yeah, I don't honestly, see it either. I, I don't, I think he's a, yeah, I think he's a quieter captain. And you have those across the league. I don't think he's going to be that vocal leader. Like, listen, man, you, what do you hear about from Michael Backlund, the captain of Calgary? Nothing. But I'm sure Same he's a damn good leader. Yeah. Like, and I could see it. I mean, other than that, maybe Morgan Riley. Like I well, you're, I'd even you're I'd honestly I'd even maybe give it to Mitch Marner to be honest. I could Mitch Mitch I, Marner. I want to give it. I, I want to give it to a guy for Toronto that plays the game the right way and leads not just by like being a leader in the room, but on the ice. And Mitch Marner does it both ways. You can't say that for a lot of people on the Leafs. No, in my opinion, in my honest opinion, I, I really don't. And you know what? Changes are coming, and they're probably going to lose Willie Nylander unless something yeah. drastic happens. And speaking of the Leafs, they just suffered another blow. John Klingberg's out for the year with season-ending injury. That's not a blow. He stinks. It doesn't matter. That was <laughs> that was what they – yeah, but if they can't stash that cap on long-term IR, that's just $4 million. That's just down the drain. That's Why true. Would- you don't think they're going to be able to stash that? How many people can you stash on there? You already got Matt Murray and Jake Muzzin. How many more? How much money can you shove on there? I don't know, man. I don't know. All eyes will be on the Leafs now because if they yeah. do get that cap back, they can easily go grab a Tanev, a Hannafin. Yeah, have well, the money to do it. Yeah, well, they talked about um, because they were in the in the running too to bring in Zadorov, which I think he would have been a phenomenal, an they, even better fit there. They almost got both. Yeah, they so almost got both Tanev and Zadorov. They just couldn't make money work or compensation to make money work. And Calgary didn't want to retain, and that I don't blame them. Why should you help out Toronto because they handicapped themselves financially? Yeah, no, that's I don't blame them either. But that they need something, man. Like something's got to give with that organization. It's like. Is it a coaching change that needs to happen with with Sheldon Keith? Like they can't win in regulation either. No, but but man, what <laughs> what's really alarming to me is this failed response of being a fucking good teammate and, and sticking up for your that that first Bruins game still fucking bothers me, right? Like the fact that your guy goes down with a let's call it what it was that was cheap on Marshan's part. It it was it wasn't it wasn't needed. It is what it is. Nothing was called, but let's be real here. Someone should have responded. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, like, and then and then and then to see that fucking overtime joke of a shift, dude. That was fucking alarming to me. Like, come on, man. You're the captain. You're you're not even bothering. You're you're just getting in past the blue line. You're um, someone chirping at the ref. Yeah, like you had it, and again, people were. You know, people were were responding. Well, you know, he he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna get or he wasn't gonna be able to get back anyways. He wasn't gonna make a difference in the play. So why not wait for a, for a turnover the other way? I go. There's not gonna be a turnover. It's two on zero, and there's seven seconds left. Yeah. Well, like 
like, I was like, I understand what you guys are saying, trying to defend him, but I just don't agree. Like, yeah. at that point, having played the game, you fucking bail. There's no one civil, behind you. Yeah, I had a civil conversation with a Leafs fan after that because just trying to chirp the Bruins. I'm like, you know what, man? They both have very crucial off seasons that can really dictate the next five years. Like, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, dude, the, the Willie Nylander saga is going to be really interesting to see because he's leaving. Uh, they can't afford him. Oh, hundred percent, he's not, leaving, and they're not going to pay like over fifty million dollars to five players. No, you well, essentially, seen... you essentially have nothing. And I'll hop into one DM question right now, and we'll end with another one because we're on the topic of it. This came in from uh, our boy Eric Burgess from Primetime. He said, thoughts on the salary cap increase? It's a sizable chunk that should help a bunch of teams and give even more room to teams with cap room next offseason. What do you guys think about the increase? It's supposed to rise up about $4.7 million. What oh, do you guys good. think, especially for a team maybe like Toronto, but, but just in general, what do you guys think? I'll let Zach go first. Yeah, Zach, what do you think? Like, do you think it's yeah. a good – like, you know, you can talk about whatever team you see fit, but even for a team like Toronto, since we're on it, like, how does this potentially help them too? Right, so I'm going to I'm gonna roll with what I know here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk – I'm going to use Boston as an example just because I – first thing that popped into my mind. You take that $4.7 million increase, and that right there would have been enough to bring Tyler Bertuzzi back to Boston on a one-year deal. And then sign them again in the offseason when you have more cap. There are this upcoming offseason when you have more cap. So using that as an example, like that there would have made a huge difference in the Bruin in the Bruins forward lines because we saw how well Bertuzzi played with Boston last year and how how mediocre he's been with Toronto this year. He clearly fit the Bruins style, doesn't fit in Toronto. But you take you, there's plenty of teams that have these scenarios where that $4.7 million is going to be a make or break kind of thing to whether you sign this guy, whether you bring this guy back, whoever that may be. Bertuzzi was just the first example that pops into my head. And I think, I think it can be really good for all 32 teams. I think that, you know, with the way, you know, the, you got the, the way the economy is going too. you know, these players are looking for more money and you, I mean, look at the contract Nylander is going to sign. That's going to be a huge contract. Um, Drysaddle is going to sign a massive contract when his when his is up, and so it's just these teams need this extra cap space, and it's only going to go up year by year. So I think I think it's a good thing. Uh, but you know, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's a good it's a great thing. I think. I mean, anytime that the cap goes up, I mean, I think it's a good thing for teams, obviously. But I think the the main thing for me is that what we're finally starting to see is signing multiple players to these lucrative deals just doesn't work if you're going to sign four players that take up the vast majority of your cap we've seen it both teams in canada with edmonton and toronto it hasn't worked so i mean i don't know exactly what they can do to kind of fix this and obviously they need to go in a different direction i mean because what they've been doing doesn't work it hasn't worked and they're going to lose a guy like Willie. We're talking about Toronto. They're going to lose Willie Nylander. But, like, what else do they do? Like, even losing Nylander, like, you're still kind of strapped for cash at that point, right? Like, 
I don't know who else you you have to get rid of. I mean, it's going to be really hard, I think, this offseason to move a guy like John Tavares. Like, I just can't see someone, a team, bringing in a guy like him at his age for that kind of money. I just can't see it. And then, obviously, we're talking about another team that kind of has kind of taken that similar approach, Edmonton. I mean, they've got some fucking bad contracts on that team, dude. Like, and again, what what can you do besides try to move some of these guys? But regardless, you're going to have to retain salary. Yeah, and, and the problem is too, like with the with the two teams that you're talking about, it's it's not even just the money; it's the it's the trade protection. Like you have yeah. to consider someone to even waive, like you know, just. You know, any it doesn't matter what team you're, you you play for you know wearing the C on your jersey is a special honor mm-hmm. so like you, you you if you're gonna obviously if you're Toronto you'd rather keep Nylander for the age factor and personally I think Nylander is arguably right now the maybe the best player on the team but it's like getting a guy that had like that welcome home party he gets the C you know, trying to convince him to wave to go somewhere else, that's going to be a hard sell. And then you look at the, you look at the Oilers. It's like, okay, who do you consider to wave? Cause it's like, you get to play with the two best players in the world. Yeah. On one team. Why, why would you want to go somewhere else? It's just, it's, it's just bad GMing. It's like what Peter Shirelli did with the Bruins. He gave everybody contracts, a lot of no movement clauses and you just handicap the team to where, you know, and there's only so much money to go around. I mean, and that's, you know, that's one thing like Tommy Fitzgerald alluded to this offseason with the Devils is just like, you guys, like, you guys all can't take the whole thing. Like, you got to spread it to everybody because if you don't, you can't keep everybody. And, and you know, good for him. He had a really good offseason, brought in a lot of good, good players and signed everybody to really good contracts and, that's actually a good segue to to the Devils themselves. They were dealt another tough blow. Uh, this is uh, injury-related. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is out indefinitely. They placed him on injured reserve, torn pectoral, and he will not return. Also, Thomas Nosek is out indefinitely as well with an ankle injury. Where do you guys see the Devils going from here just with those two? More so the Dougie Hamilton injury because – Nosek is just what Nosek is. He's a fourth line guy, and they got Curtis Lazar playing, and he's he's actually playing really well. But just in that aspect, you know, what what do you guys think about the Devils just from losing a guy like Dougie and what that means going forward into this season? Zach, you want to take this one? You're the Jersey boy. Yeah, so you know, I've been to my you know fair share of Devils games whenever the Bruins are in town. I'm there. Uh, actually, next Wednesday, I'm there. Um, so you look at the devil's defensive roster, John Marino has been quite mediocre this season, Mm. at least compared to where he started with the devils because he was on fire when he started with the team. Luke Hughes, rookie young, you know, still kind of finding his footing in the league. He's, you know, uh, taking some two, two pretty big hits in the last two, three weeks, and, you know, we can get into that in a little bit. Um, Kevin Ball, who I think is absolutely terrible. Um, and then, you, you know, you got Jonas Siegenthaler, who's, you know, he's okay. And Colin Miller, 
Simon Nemich. You, you got young guys on this double defensive roster, and losing Dougie Hamilton is such a big blow because he brings that veteran presence to that to that back end, mm-hmm. and you know he's you know kind of kind of a mentor towards these guys, Nemich, Hughes. Um, so yeah, really big blow for the Devils. You know, no shake is you know you, you lost a fourth liner. It's you know it happens. Not obviously not as big of a blow as Hamilton, but. You know, it's Devils are going to have a tough. They're already having goaltending struggles as it is, and you know, losing that big key piece to the defense is going to be give them even more struggles. So, you know, I don't. A lot of te- a lot of preseason rankings, preseason polls have the Devils going really, really far into the playoffs. You could really go for the question: Is do the Devils even make the playoffs? I don't see them being at least if they continue trending in this direction. The goaltending continues trending in this direction. I see them being a wild card team. At absolute best. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I mean, you 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 really hit the nail on the head with the goaltending stuff. They have the second worst team save percentage, and their goal saved above expected combined is a negative eleven point six. It's miserable. They're good enough defensively, but when you got to outscore your goaltending woes, that's not sustainable long term. It's just what they did last night, dude. The game against the Sharks was even worse. They had 103 shot attempts and like over 70 unblocked shot attempts and outshot San Jose like 48 to 18. 20, and they lost the game six to three. Yeah, that's I mean, abysmal. granted, granted, goaltending was good for San Jose, but like make a fucking save. Like at some point you yeah. have to make a fucking save. And they're just not getting the saves. And I agree with Zach. It it's all the preseason stuff was warranted. They had a very good year. Goaltending was a question mark going into the season. If they want any shot at the playoffs, they need to trade for a goaltender ASAP. Because yeah. Vitek Vanacek is is like Jack Campbell equivalent. Like he, it's, no, he it's is. bad and by the numbers. Yeah. He is. That's the same. And Akira and and Akira Schmid is better, but. Not by much. <laughs> Very by, by by like just about that much. He is. Yeah. Um. They're both awful, and a, a goaltending change needs to come to New Jersey if they want any shot at salvaging this season. Another question too, Zach. Do you actually think <laughs> that they would maybe look for a defenseman now with Dougie out, or just kind of let the kids cook and hope for the best? I mean, I think it's. I don't think they would go out and seek a trade for a defenseman because what's the point of bringing in a defenseman or like a high-profile defenseman if your goaltenders can't make a save? That's I think true. they have to. I think they have to prioritize the goaltending, and that's that. That's just the bottom line. I th- also think Lindy Ruff has to go. I don't think he. I, I just think it's time. I. I think it just uh, something's something's got to give, whether it be it's this. Edmonton has the same problem. It's the goaltending, and they fired uh, they fired Woodcroft. It's been better, so I think you know maybe New Jersey could go the same route. I mean, Chris, what are your what are your thoughts on the situation in New Jersey? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think their number one priority right now has to be a goaltender. Um, you know, I think we mentioned earlier when talking about the World Junior roster. I mean, man, this really at some point when Michigan gets bounced, if they get bounced. Do we see a guy like Seamus Casey get a chance and and kind of fill in a little bit, um, you know, in a limited role? I I don't know. Like I, you you see it so many times at the end of the season, um, where these college kids are signing you know pro deals and 
you know, come in and make an impact. And I, and a guy like Seamus Casey could be a guy that makes an impact for this team. I had them winning the Metro, dude, which I'm kind of shoving up my hoop at this point. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like it ain't fucking happening. Like, the Metro's so, gone the polar opposite, I think, of what everybody thought. Yeah, dude. And, like, I mean, obviously, I think we kind of thought that the Rangers were going to be good. Like, I think I had them finishing, like, third. Um, but, yeah, dude, like, they have to go out and get a goalie. I mean, even regardless, if if we're not talking about a Dougie Hamilton injury or a Thomas Nosek, like, regardless, they still should be going There's, out and yeah. focusing on goaltending. Um, and I don't know, like, are there any guys that are not necessarily available, but do you think – like, what kind of guy should they be targeting that's even, like, available at this point? So, Fitzgerald was poking around uh, with the Hellebuck stuff, but he didn't want to pay the price, and he didn't want to – not 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 just for, like, trading purposes, but also the contract. You know, he didn't want to pay a goalie like Vasilevsky-type money or something closer to that. And I think Hellebuck's worth it. He's a very good goaltender. I get where Fitzgerald's coming from, where he doesn't want to do that. I don't really know. Like, do you like? I, I was thinking maybe like Jacob Markstrom, but he's out for the next like month or so. And Wolf is actually getting a call up finally. He's been nutty in the AHL. Yeah, but so that's out the door. Do you could they go for like a up? lower, like a lower pro, like you know, still a good goaltender, but a guy like you know, like Elvis Mers Lincoln's, he's like so a guy like that. Do you think and he I, solves I mean, the problem though? Mers Lincoln's no, I Any, personally anything anything's got to solve. Like at this point, the Devils got to take who they could get. Could they go after a guy like like Jordan Bennington? It's like anything's got to solve the problem at this point because Vitek Vanacek couldn't save a beach ball. What about I'm a guy curious, like John Gibson? That's what I was about to say. Another, like maybe, yeah, another maybe they another good one. on him. His value is up a little bit because he's having a better season compared to last year. Because the yeah. Ducks actually have like competent structure in front of him, and he doesn't have to face fifty shots a night. But the only thing I could see that would be extremely bold—I'm not trying to speculate or like throw stupid rumors out there because that's just not my style. I need a source. But I really wonder with like Nashville calling up Barry Trotz and and poking around and seeing what you can get for like UC Soros. I don't know. I was going to go that direction, but didn't want to go there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen that a lot amongst devils fans. Like we've been talking about that all summer, but I wonder if like they go for him, like how far away is Askarov? Like, is he poking at the door? Is he, is he approaching like being able to be a, a, a starter for Nashville? I mean, Soros doesn't have like as strong numbers as he did last year, but Soros is still a very good goalie. I imagine the price tag is super steep, but yeah, no, I mean, Zach, you, you were kind of, I, I don't know if it was you or Chris that asked it, but just what is out there that's maybe not Hellebuck esque, but you know, the tier below that, that maybe doesn't cost as much. Yeah. And, and Bennington would be good too, but he's kind of like why the blues are, teetering around like 500 right now i mean it's like you look at the goalie market and it's it, it's a tough market it is like there's like of either guys are, their goalie yeah it's like either you got guys locked up or like guys are locked up on big contracts and you know devil like you said the devils you know don't want to pay a guy vasileski money or it's you got the, all those big guys locked up or you got these 
halfway decent goaltenders that you could get on a cheaper deal, but it's like, then, like Chris said, does that really solve the problem? But then you look at like a team like LA, which is they're they're they got fairly similar defensive metrics to the Devils. I think they're slightly better defensively than New Jersey, but they're also getting they're, their goaltending. Like Cam Talbot is on like a yeah, he's like I mean he could challenge for a Vezina. He's playing yeah. that good, and it's just like goaltending it's just so weird like who would have thought Aiden Hill would have backstopped Vegas to a cup last year nobody right yeah and it just makes you wonder too it's like what can the Devils do and it's like they had the right idea you know they they took one of Washington's goalies that was okay and he turned out to be good Samsonov was the same way in Toronto he had a fairly good year and then you look at Darcy Kemper who got that big contract and he's not having a very good year it, it's it's such a weird it's such a weird situation, but I do agree that should be like first and foremost thing. I mean, good yeah. for the Devils getting Hughes and Heeshear back. They're both producing. Luke Hughes is producing, so I mean, it's it, at least he's softening the blow a little bit. But losing Dougie sucks. But either way, like they need a goalie. <laughs> they yeah. need a goalie bad. You know, some Dude. of these teams that are able to transition well, <laughs> consider yourselves blessed. Devils haven't had a goalie since Brodeur and. They kind of didn't really do anything to develop, you know, with Schneider either. So it just hopefully they find a goalie. I, what, I, I don't know what's out there. What would you give up for a guy like, like Soros? I mean, obviously, with Nashville sitting at almost 500, 13, 13 and 12, you got to think like, hey, they're they're kind of they're towards the bottom of the, uh, you know, of the central. Yeah, how close is Askarov? You know, are you willing to give him minutes? Are you in kind of a rebuild mode? Do you really think that you're going to compete for a playoff spot in that central division? I don't see them making the playoffs. So, like, do you go out and move Soros and get some serious capital back? I don't. I don't know. Like, what would it? T- what do you think it would take? I think. I think just for money purposes, just to make the money work. Like, I, I feel like Vanacek would go the other way just to give them something in net. Like. You know, and don't forget, too, like, Vanacek was the goalie last year, and Burnett was behind the Devils bench last year. He may not have been the head coach, but he was behind the bench. Yeah. So maybe that familiarity would work. I'd say that, plus you'd have to – I don't know if they would want prospects. I don't know if they'd want picks, but it's definitely a combination of the two. I don't know exactly what, but Barry Trotz is not afraid to mix things up. Like – no one's going to pay like an asinine price that Tampa Bay did for Janot. But, but I mean, Ugh. you're going to have to pay for a, for a caliber goaltender and, and Soros is a good goaltender. He's just, you know, he hasn't had the best year considering what he did last year, but he was a very good goaltender last year. He was practically why they almost made the playoffs last year. Would you but, consider moving one of your, one of your defensive pro? Cause let's be real here. That's probably what Nashville would be going after. I mean, so who, New Jersey's, I mean, uh, probably not Hughes, but Nemich or Seamus Casey. Oh, if I if I actually had to pick which one I'm hanging on to, I'd rather hang on to, to Casey, to be yeah. honest. Uh, Nemich, Nemich I, I mean, I've said this on the show. Like, I think to you, I, I, I didn't like the pick. I, I think it was a pick for need. Um, I think it's a pick that ultimately is hurting the Devils to a degree. Like, I think you miss a guy like Damon Severson, but – it's going to be interesting. I really don't know what they would want. I mean, do you think that, do you think they go ahead and move like Nemich or do you think they would be willing to more part ways with like an Alexander Holtz? It would have to be, it would have to be Nemich. 
I mean, Nashville, you know, obviously they got Roman Yossi on the back end. You know, they got a couple other guys, but like they need another young, big defenseman that, you know, Roman Yossi can take yeah. and develop into, you know, what he what he is. And, you know, obviously Roman Yossi is not going to be there forever. And he's, you know, getting up there in age. But, um, it, yeah, it, it would have to be Nemec because they're going to need a defender when Yossi uh, it goes eventually. And Yossi needs a couple of years to be able to develop Nemec into what the Predators want him to be or would want him to be. And I think that's the only way you could see Soros in New Jersey is if Nemec is a part of that package. And the, the only prospect that I can think of right now that Nashville has on the back end that could be something legit is uh, Ryan Ufko from uh, UMass. And other than that, dude, I, I can't really think of any other young defensemen that they have coming up. And I, I don't, don't know if I'm if I'm missing any anyone. I'm actually going to just – Google to make sure, but they yeah, if, good, if, they have a lot of good prospect forwards. Well, so that's they have a lot of, they have that's a lot of good the, prospect forwards, but yeah, their back end is like, I mean, they they've kind of like dismissed like the Ellis's, the Suiters, the the Webers over the years, but they've never like kind of refilled that. But I think that's like kind of what they got with the Janot uh, trade, just getting all that draft capital just to just to try and like rebuild the ship. And I just, I definitely wonder if like the devils and sorrows, I think the fit is there. I think any goaltender that is available is going to be linked to all these teams that have poor goaltending issues. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of making it work. I mean, you know, the hard cap at the deadline, it it's, it's going to be tough to, but I, I feel like VTech would go the other way just to make the money work. Yeah. Well, I, I forgot they had uh they drafted Tanner Molendike, um this past draft, which he's he's yeah. a pretty good defenseman. Um, but yeah, most of their I'm looking right now. You know, they have Askarov listed as their top prospect. Matthew Wood from UConn, um, Joaquin Kamel, uh, Finnish forward, Luke Evangelista. Um, yeah, dude, all, he's so good. He's so gross, dude. He I think he's second in rookie scoring right now. Yeah, well, he and he wears number seventy seven, dude. That's boss he's shit. Good beast mode yeah he's and he's like a like a true power forward too he's good yeah so stick it sticking on the the topic of goaltenders um sam montembo signed a three-year 3.5 3.15 million dollar deal with the canadians yeah. um i i love it i think you know i think that that could be a really you know big big signing for a big value signing for the canadians i mean he's only 20 27 years old this so far this season, he's got a nine one three and a two six six. And and if you give the Canadians some like like defenders, like they got some good guys, like Justin Barron's good, Caden Gould is good, Mike Matheson is awesome. I love Mike Matheson. Like outside of those guys, I mean, you know they they, they got a super young defensive core. Um, but you know, you add a like a you know veteran, another veteran guy in there, another big guy behind Montembeau, and I think that you know the Canadians could be you know a pretty decent team, maybe a wild card team, but you know we'll see. But I think Montembeau is definitely the right piece in Montreal. I think they still have really high hopes for Caden uh, Primo as well, um, who was you know former Northeastern goalie. Um, I mean, he's still getting some minutes. I I think they still have high hopes for him, but yeah, I agree. I mean. I don't think Montembeau is going to be the, 
number one goalie. Like I think obviously we see it with other teams that you need other than like the Vasilevskis of the world, you need two goaltenders, right? Yeah. And yeah, they're they're a really young up up and coming team. Like I love Jordan Harris. Um he you know he's a defenseman for uh Montreal. Uh Jaden Struble's been getting some minutes. Um and then two guys who really haven't played a whole lot. Lane Hudson hasn't even played yet for them. And David Reinbacher, you know, and and yeah, I think this is going to be a really, really fun decor to watch. Um, and yeah, like I don't know, like it's a really good value. So, you know, we we mentioned earlier the caps going up. Um, they don't have any really bad contracts. Um, you know, Hughes and Gorton have done a really good job there. Um, kind of just making smart moves and um constructing something special there um i think they're going to be a dangerous team dude like maybe not this year but the next two three years like especially when lane hudson joins the team like he's going to make an instant impact there's no doubt about it yeah it's i mean good for montreal like you know you 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 need a goalie carrie price unfortunately is not coming back and it's a shame i mean Carey Price was definitely one of the best for that, you know, for that era of goaltending and just a true class act, even off the ice. But good for them locking up a young goaltender that they potentially believe in. I mean, you know, Zach went over his numbers. His numbers are strong. His goal saved above expected is good enough for a team that's allowing a fair amount of shots against, like, in, you know, in terms of where they rank. But they have good forwards up front. They're definitely battled by the injury bug right now, but they have a lot of good prospects coming in the pipeline. And if a lot of those can hit and maybe develop a little bit better, you got to hope Slavkovsky develops a little bit more. You know, I think yeah. all the guys you mentioned, Chris, like on the back end, like our Reinbacher and uh, uh, Lane Hudson, they like they haven't even played yet for for the Canadians. You know, if they end up being the pillars on the back end that they drafted them to be, Montreal's going to be like you know, where we kind of see like maybe Buffalo or I don't want to say Detroit because Detroit's actually like good, but you know, in yeah. that tier of like, you know, taking those next steps and actually being really competitive and they're even hard to play against, to be honest, like those yeah. weren't easy games this year for the Bruins against Montreal by no means. Mm-hmm. I mean, so good for Montreal. I, I personally love the deal. It's good for them. You know, they, they don't have a lot of heavy contracts. I'd like to see them get, you know, maybe some more forward depth, but Overall, it's a good move, what they're trying to build over there. Yeah, you know, and, and another thing, you a guy you brought up, uh, Slepkoski, like, let's not forget this dude is still 19 years old. Like, he, yeah. you know, I, he's still coming into his own. Like, I don't think he's fully developed. Like, he's a big boy, dude. You know, he's 230 pounds. Like, he's he's a big boy. And I think once he fills out uh, and kind of – because his skating's a little funky, like – I went to that Canadians game and was watching him like, and he ended up scoring that game and his skating is just like, he's just raw. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're hoping that he develops, um, you know, again, someone that a power forward that big and at two on two at 19 years old. Like I really think they see him developing into like a top forward and I can see it too. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, you met guys we didn't even mention, like I love watching Suzuki in Caulfield, like, dude, they're, they're unreal together. Um, and you know, I, I think they're going to be a really dangerous team. They're going to be a dangerous team in the Atlantic, you know, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but they're, they're coming. 
Can't forget that like, Kirby, Kirby Doc too, who's you know unfortunately got hurt right when the season started. But you know, yeah. once that whole team is healthy, and if they can add a couple more guys, and like you said, they got Hudson and uh, Reinbacher. But you know, I think that you know this can, Montreal Canadiens team in like three to five years can be you know can become a dangerous roster. Yeah, as sure. as much as that pains me to say as a Bruins fan. <laughs> Well, maybe it'll ignite the rivalry. We kind of need it. Haven't had it since like 2014. Right. Yeah, we haven't really yet. Speaking, speaking of another young team, dude, the Desert Dogs are hot, dude. They're so hot. I mean, they're literally as hot as the desert. They really are. They've <laughs> won five in a row. It doesn't really mean much in hindsight, but they've won five in a row against the last five cup winners. I think that's just like kind of a cool statistic. Yeah. But dude, they are just—they're fun, man. They are yeah, fun they are. to watch. Like, what do you, what do you guys think of the Arizona Coyotes right now? Not just the five-game skid, but just like if you've gotten to watch them at all. Just what do you guys think of the Desert Dogs? Like, do you guys, you know, view them as potentially a playoff team or? Dude, they—the way that they're trending right now, I would not be surprised. They're sitting fourth in the Central. At thirteen nine and two, um, and they have a goal differential of plus fourteen. Like, oh, yeah, like, dude, they, you're right. They're fun to watch. Like, and and fu- I love fucking Logan Cooley, dude, who probably should have went number one overall in that draft. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, I that's an argument for another day. But yeah, they've, you know, they've got <laughs> they've got a lot of prospects coming up too. Um, Dylan Genther, you know, who's he's going to be fucking nasty. He was the ninth overall pick in 2022-23. Uh, um, the two Russians they selected, D- Dmitry Simashev, which I think a lot – like when, when they made that pick and they didn't pick Mitchkov, I think a lot of people were like fucking raging because they like – they were pissed. But again, I think they probably knew that Mitchkov wasn't going to play for Arizona. And at that time, like, under, understandable, like, well, it's um, like, yeah, like, given the situation with everything, just like, are they going to relocate? Like, what's going yeah. on with Arena? Like, yeah, I actually, I don't know if you saw this story, but I think they, I don't know if they got approved for land in Phoenix. I saw the tweet that the Arizona Twitter account, like, they just said new arena with like, yeah. a question. And I was like, we're on this shit again. Like this is as bad as the Vegas baseball team being located over. Like, did you do it or did you not do it? Like, I want them to stay in Arizona. I do too. too. I do like, too. like, where else you? I mean, yeah, you could Quebec, I guess. But like, I don't know. I I like them in Arizona. Like, I, I, I feel like there's potential there. Like, they've just been shitty for so long that like, again, I I think. Hopefully they're starting to turn that corner. Like they've obviously yeah. been dog shit for so long. Like I don't know, Zach. What do you think, bud? Yeah, I mean, you got such a young roster, and Clayton Keller is one of my favorite players in the NHL. He is awesome. And but like just looking at other guys that they have, Barrett Hayton, Jack McBain, um, and even uh, uh, Matthias Michelli. Uh, and then, I mean, I think I got to show some love to Connor Ingram. He has yes. been yeah, phenomenal. 11 and 3, 2 2 3 goals, goals allowed, uh, a 930 save percentage in two shutouts this season. 
he has been unreal and a big part of the Coyotes' success. Um, you know, they and they've got you know, they don't have a bad decor either. You got Moser, Derzy, Dumba, Dermot, Brown, Valamaki. It's you know, it's no you don't got guys in there like you know Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi. You don't got any of these big names, but that decor is really holding their own. And you know, Connor Ingram looks like he could be taking over that uh, number one number one goalie spot from uh, Carol Vishmelka if he really keeps it up. But you know, Connor Ingram is is looking like the real deal and i mean he's 26 years old yeah. doesn't doesn't get much doesn't get much better than that for arizona you got to be super happy if uh you're you're in that front office seeing what connor ingram's doing right now i think Did it's about time they get they gotta give clayton keller the c man at some point right like agreed it just it, it just feels it? like they don't have i don't i don't believe they have one at the moment um actually i'm positive of it yeah, you know, just it's it's time, you know. Like obviously he was younger, uh, but it's time, man. It's it's his team. I mean, the first person you think of, you know, when you talk Arizona Coyotes hockey at this point is Clayton Keller. I mean, he's he's been consistently good for the past, let's call it three years, um, probably even longer than that. But it, it's it's long overdue to give him the captain captaincy. I agree. And back to like Connor Ingram, like I think he's second right now in goal saved above expected at like 12.2, which is nuts. Vegmelka was really good last year, but he is outplaying him in the crease, man. It's just, it's good for Arizona that they can at least have another guy they can rely on. They've outscored the, like the opponents last five games, 19 to five. So to Zach's credit, they are getting it done defensively and getting it done in net. And it's amazing to see. They've had some crazy player streaks too. Like Carcion has a four game goal streak. Smaltz has a three game goal streak. Him and Keller are connecting. Keller's got a three game point streak. Kerfoot's got a four game point streak. Dursey looks every bit of the guy they acquired over the summer. Not saying LA misses that guy, but you know, just you, you can kind of tell that Dursey's a pretty special player. And just give me a playoff series at the mullet. Let let that college rink go absolutely ballistic. I want to see Yager mullet wigs across the entire <laughs> the entire arena with people slinging beer everywhere. Like, let's let's get the let's get the party rocking in the desert, dude. I want to see a playoff series there so bad, dude. I, I, and and going back to your point about Jersey, man, he's so fucking underrated. I think like, and, and I definitely think. LA's missing a guy like him because I, I think they were hoping that Brant Clark was going to make that, that jump this season. Um, yeah. And he just has proven that he's not that he's not ready, but he's, he just was not playing well. And I think that kind of made, they kind of, they were a little more comfortable to let Jersey go. Right. Knowing that Brant Clark was coming up the pipeline and he just hasn't, you know, he just hasn't proven that he's been able to play significant NHL minutes, but yeah, talk about Jersey, man. He's, I mean, I think he's so fucking underrated. And um, Zach brought up uh, Matias Michelli, dude. He was fucking dude. gross last year. So like, good. Yeah, like came out of nowhere. Like this is a young, fun roster, dude. Like they are, and they've, it's like they've all taken like the next steps that you would want them to see. But in an open division like it is, dude, yeah. sky's the limit, man. Like you got Minnesota, who yeah, they're playing better, but. They didn't have a good start. They got a mountain to climb, and with the goaltending, they have good luck. Winnipeg, you just don't know what's going to transpire. And 
it's it's pretty open after Colorado and Dallas, man. Like it really is. Yeah, I agree. So you know, I, I just I, I want to see a playoff game in the mullet. I'll get my mullet experience in in March. I'm I'm a little intrigued, a little excited. Kind of curious to see how many New York Rangers fans are actually there, though. Yeah, are they so, playing New York when you go? Dude, the, the honestly, like, no shit. The best game I think I went to last year was a Rangers game in Carolina. Yeah, it was. There's just something cool about going to a game where there's so many road fans that when they score a goal, it sounds like a home game. Yeah. And yeah, Artemi, Panarin, Artemi Panarin had four goals. Oh. It was it was so much fun. Like I wasn't cheering for Carolina. Like I I, I actually I donned a Rangers jersey and sat there like with pride and enjoyed that. Someone threw like a someone threw like a giant loaf of bread pillow like over the glass when he scored. It was fucking hilarious. Dude, I I got so much shit when I went to PNC. Like so much shit, dude. Really? I was wearing. Yeah, dude, I was wearing I, – I don't know if I've told you this story or if I it was Sully. But, yeah, dude, like, so last season we went to – it was a Bruins fucking Carolina game. It was when they got absolutely – the Bruins got waxed. Was it th- Was it last year? It was last year. I probably – I was there. It was – they got fucking waxed. And I was okay, wearing so- – and I was wearing a Hall jersey, dude. I got called a fucking pussy probably like five or six times. And I, I, I've, I gotta say, I've never, I've never had that issue at PNC. Like I, I've gotten into my chirping things, but honestly, I can, honest to God, say that that the fans at PNC Arena, they're all very nice people. Like I've never had a bad encounter with anybody. I will say to, this: to be really honest, the guy that it was, he was some army guy, army douche that he literally was just chirping the entire game. And, and finally the, one of the like ushers or whatever. Yeah. Like finally told him to like, shut the fuck up, which like just, and obviously he had to go yeah, all macho nice, or whatever. Yeah. In a nice and way. finally she called a cop over and the cop like fucking told him to come down. And all of a sudden he like starts behaving, right? He's completely sober. He walks down like two steps and fucking rolls down. We're in the balcony, dude. <laughs> rolls down probably like probably like seven or eight steps gets to the bottom and then they just fucking cuff him it was beautiful but uh i mean i just i don't care who you cheer for i don't care what i mean at the end of the day we all paid for a ticket to go sit there and and watch like there was like one dude he like i could tell he drinks and i've i've sat in his section i sat there probably like three times last year this poor like Rangers fan, dude. This guy was probably like in his sixties or seventies. Like I can't, I can't tell you how many times that guy got the finger for no <laughs> reason at all. And I'm like, dude, just leave this guy alone. Like he's not even bothering you. He's just sitting here, like. Yeah, dude. But yeah, no, like I'm, I'm excited just to. Every time I go see the Rangers, I get stuck with the backup goalie. Every time. Hey, you maybe you'll get uh you'll get quick. I want Shesterkin. I pay to see Shesterkin. <laughs> You're getting quick now. <laughs> dude, I've gotten <laughs> Georgiev and I've gotten fucking Yaroslav Halak every I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Who's the Rangers third string? That's who you're getting. Louis Domingue. Louis Domingue. <laughs> you're getting Louis Domingue, dude. Louis fucking Domingue. <laughs> He's gonna have like a 45 save shutout or some shit like that. It's gonna be fucking wild, but goalie goal. Yeah, but, but... um 
I got one last DM question. If you guys want to wrap up with that, and then we'll yeah, try to, did you guys want to debate the Hathaway hit? Get into some of that real quick, or yeah, we can do the Hathaway hit and then get do our uh, the DM question, which so, that should be good. So, what did you guys like think of the hit that he ended up getting ejected for? You know, it, uh, Twitter Twitter had some fun with that because they saw the hit and they're like, okay, why? Like, what is this? And you know, yeah. and then there was a game and there was an incident in another game where it was like legitimately boarding, and that person didn't get ejected. And it's like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? What you know? What did you guys see from the hit? I'll go last. Clean Zach, hit. what do you got on the hit, man? Clean hit, hundred percent a clean hit by Garnet Hathaway, no doubt in my mind. That hit was one hundred and ten percent the ref's fault. The yep. ref should have blown that whistle about three seconds earlier than he did. The second Luke Hughes got to those hash marks, he needs to blow that whistle. And he didn't blow the whistle until he had his face touching the boards. So <laughs> that is by no means Garnet Hathaway's fault. And, you know, the fact that Garnet Hathaway is getting ejected for what was a clean hit, you know, if the ref blew the whistle at the appropriate time and then Garnet Hathaway made the hit, that would be a different story. Then it would have been dirty. But that wasn't the case. And Garnett Hathaway got ejected for it. But, you know, Jacob Truba takes his hockey stick and turns it into a baseball hat, and Trent Frederick's head is the baseball. But he doesn't get ejected. But Garnett Hathaway gets ejected for something like that. Really, you know, because it's the Rangers, Jacob Truba does no wrong and, you know, whatever. That's a debate for another time. Um, yeah, but yeah, oh, clean hit, one hundred percent should not have gotten ejected. So that that's that's my take on it, Chris. Yeah, dude. I honestly, I think we're all kind of on the same page. As, you know, for as far as this hit goes, I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, especially the fact that they reviewed it, right? I mean, like, I think it's we talked about it before. I think it's just their failure to acknowledge that they fucked up, right? And yeah. I don't think there's any scenario where Garnet Hathaway should have been ejected. Like at a minimum, if you wanted to call maybe like a interference, maybe I like at a minimum, yeah. but for them, for them to fucking toss him from that game. Um, and he's a, he's a difference maker. Like, he, you know, he's a pest. He, you know, he can change the dynamics of games and like, yeah, I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was a clean hit. No whistle. Play you play the whistle, I you know like it was a shoulder hit. Luke Hughes, I obviously feel bad for him. Like it was completely the ref's fault. But like, listen, you got to keep your head on a swivel, dude. Like you're in the big show, and no whistle was blown. And yeah, Luke Hughes paid for it. Yeah, that was the problem. Like that, like I like, and I I would put money down that a lot of people on Twitter didn't watch the game, had absolutely no context to the hit whatsoever. They just saw the hit because somebody posted the highlight of the hit. And it's like, oh, we got ejected for this. It's like, okay, but Zach kind of alluded to it. Like, the refs fucked up. They didn't wave yep. the icing, but they didn't blow the whistle either. So, at that point, it's like Luke It's Hughes fair game the, at that point. Yeah, Luke Hughes won the race. Maybe he should have protected himself. But, like, the refs basically tossed Hathaway to cover up their own incompetence. That's pretty much what I got out of that. Yeah. The hit was clean. I mean, that's just a guy finishing his check. It's a it's a bone crushing hit, but guess what? They're they're legal in the in the sport of hockey. As much as people don't like it, it's a legal hit. That's why everyone hates Jacob Truba, but not every hit he delivers is dirty. You right. know, and, and it's just it goes to the inconsistencies. 
you know, Truba gets that slash, gets fined. Brennan Smith takes a retaliation slash to the arm of Konechny and gets suspended. And it's like, make it make sense. Like, yeah, it's, it's a debate for another day, but the hit was clean. I think just, you know, Tortorella kind of hit the nail on the head. It turned into like a no hit league. Yeah. It's like, dude, guys like, man, back in the day, like they probably would be banned from the league if they played today. Oh man! Could you, could you imagine guys like like Darian Hatcher, Chris Pronger, and Scott Stevens playing in the league today? Scott Stevens, dude! Oh my god! Truba is so- Scott Stevens. I said this in my Devils chat, and they're like, "That's like a pretty strong stance." I'm like, because he delivers hits. I'm like, that's my point. Yeah, it's literally my point. Like he delivers yeah. the same type of hits. That's how Stevens. hard he fucking hits, dude! Like, dude, Stevens used to just run through you. Yeah, that was that was like his goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Just, you remember that Korea, that Korea hit, dude? My buddy actually like met Paul Korea, and he he was just telling me like you just don't bring up two thousand three. Like he said, he doesn't even remember going back on the ice. Yeah. Like I've the most se- I've legend, seen him say that. the most legendary goal call you could think of in the in the playoffs, and you just poor guy didn't even. He didn't know, know where, where he was. was. <laughs> it's a shame, man. But to wrap things up, uh, we got one more DM question uh, from the uh, came from the two pad stack. Also proudly partnered with Primetime Productions. Just thoughts on the Omar coming out and sharing a story about his father on Sportsnet. Did you guys catch that? I didn't catch that. Okay, no. um, it's the uh, it was it was really cool. He sat down with Sportsnet and he just he really opened up about just the situation with his father. Um, you know, just going through some family history and just how it how it impacted him as a not just as a player but as a person. And dude, it was sad, man. Like, and you could tell it was sad, like just hearing him talk about it. But you know, just to give my thoughts on it, it's just more like at the end of the day, like hockey players are people. You know, we 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 get to watch them, we get to do these podcasts, and we get to you know critique how they play and give our assessments and our analysis and however we see fit. But, you know, at the end of the day, like they're people and and they have, you know, things going on in their personal lives that we don't know about. And that's just for anybody that it don't matter if it's Zach over here or Chris over there, like, you know, at the end of the day, like they're, they're, you know, part of this program, but at the same time, they're also people that have things going on behind the scenes. And I think just, uh, you know, a big thing was like for Linus just to even come out and, share his story. I mean, just, you know, the the one thing he said was it's okay to not be okay. And he feels better now that he actually talked about it and just has chosen to talk about it. And just, you know, if you're out there and you know, you got things going on, whether it's, you know, mentally, emotionally, you know, something's it's it's okay to talk to somebody, you know, and you know, if you, if you can relate to that Linus Olmark video, just in your own personal life, you know, that's, that's, that's something I took away from it. Just, you know, him being able to sit there and, and talk about it. Cause during some of that time, it was his first couple of years in Buffalo. And those are some really like brutal years. Like his numbers were not good, but it's like, you look at, you know, what he was going through. It's, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, that, that, that weighs on you as a person, man. Like, you know, it's, it, you know, we get to go to our jobs and, you know, if we got stuff going on, you know, not, not as many eyes are on us, but when you're a goaltender in the NHL, you got, not just the 18,000 in the stands, but you got, you know, the, the viewers at home, but you know, it was a, you know, it was a sad story just to, just to hear, but also just remarkable that he, he was able to come out and, 
and talk about it just to share his experiences with with the world you know that was hockey night in canada i believe you know with sportsnet on saturday prior to the leafs game so that was just that, that's just my thoughts you know just it's okay to not be okay and if you you know if you do have to talk to somebody you know don't be afraid to yeah dude that's yeah that's awesome i mean it's on like youtube said, if you want to look at it yeah it's well like, i'll like, have to i forgot the i forgot the name of it uh or no hug no more or something like that or no more hugs but yeah. it's, it's it's like a 12 minute video it's a beautiful story just for him to come out and talk about but you know, yeah we'll uh we'll include that in uh in the link with our show um just for any obviously most of our listeners are bruins fans um so we can definitely include that in the link with our you know with this episode um you'll be able to find it tomorrow um but yeah that's an awesome story man especially being able to because i think so often we put these athletes on pedestals, right? Um, but yeah, you know, you you said it best. They're humans too. They're people too. So um, that's awesome. But yeah, that kind of wraps it. You know, wraps things up for episode twenty three of uh, Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast. Um, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Production. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to you know discuss, talk about? I th- I think I'm good, man. That's, you know, it's been more of a new, more of a news week than a trends week. Yeah. What's going on? You know, a lot of stuff's popped off, but, you know, I'm sure things will come out. There's, you know, like we said, there's teams that have needs. So, yeah, we'll see what, tra- see what transpires. I mean. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we got another interview from uh, the U.S. National Development Program. Um, Johnny Whipple, um, Kids of Beauty. The, the, the interview was awesome. Um so he's a defenseman for them. He's committed to – actually, he signed with them a few weeks back with uh, Brody Zemer, um, University of Minnesota. So he's going to be a gopher next year. Um, he just talks about what, you know, day in the life playing for the uh, U.S. National Development Program um, and then just what the what process, you, you know, to commit to Minnesota. Um, he's also draft eligible this year, so hopefully we get to, you know, hear his name called pretty early. Um but yeah, without further ado, um, John Whipple. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. We are joined today by the U.S. National Development Program defenseman and University of Minnesota commit, John Whipple. John, how you doing, buddy? Good to hear you. Good to have you on as well. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me. Hope all's well. Yeah, man. Things are great. Um First off, I wanted to start off by, you know, congratulating you on, you know, officially getting to sign with uh, Minnesota and um, you got to do it next to your buddy and uh, talk, talk us through uh, what that day was like, you know, you've been committed for a while now and um, what was it like actually getting to sign and like how fired up are you? Yeah, obviously it's really cool. I mean, committing is one thing, but uh, getting to the point, um, you know, where you're signing in to go in next year, it's really cool, um, you know, makes it a little more realistic and you know, obviously a dream of mine and doing along Brody is really cool too, being really good buddies. So uh, we're super excited. Um, you know, couldn't be more lucky to go to a school like Minnesota. So uh, it's it, pretty good. Yeah, man. He, you know, in talking to him too, and this was, we, I had him on a little bit before signing. He had nothing but good things to say about you. And uh, it was pretty cool how, you know, the whole team kind of, they did it all together. Um, it's kind of like a testament, testament to how close you guys are, you know, and uh yeah, again, congratulations. That's, you know, you guys are going to a wagon of a, you know, a team and just uh, them adding you guys, it's going to they're going to be even more lethal. Um were there any other schools that were in play or like 
you know, obviously you had to have gone to other schools, but like, what about Minnesota made you fall in love with it? And uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I think a lot of it's, you know, being the state of Minnesota where I live. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, so didn't always have my eyes on, you know, Minnesota, but um, you know, when my family moved to Minnesota, it's pretty apparent, um, you know, how much of an impact um, gopher hockey has on, you know, the entire state. Um, and, you know, there's got a bunch of amazing coaches there. Obviously, their tradition and histories, um, you know, speaks for itself. So I think, um, you know, it was a little bit of a no-brainer for me. Um, obviously, there are some other options, but I think, uh, you know, Minnesota was my number one from the start. Yeah, you know, you mentioned you, you, grew, in, you grew up in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, you know, and growing up, who would you credit uh, most for, you know, first of all, getting you interested in hockey, starting, you know, starting you off and then ultimately who was there most like pushing you and, and ha making you fall in love with the game? Yeah, I think uh, I have to give that to my dad and my brother, obviously, uh, you know, my dad brought my brother and I out to the outdoor rink um, as much as he could um, and, you know, really started our, our love for the game. We played at a little winter club in New Jersey. Um, and then, you know, obviously as it got a little more serious, we, played for a travel program called the New Jersey Colonials. Um, and, you know, from there, it was just me and my brother always, you know, going to hockey games and wanting to emulate it down in the basement or, you know, whether it's like shootouts or knee hockey, like we were always battling. So definitely my dad, my brother. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you're born in the U.S., New Jersey. Um, and growing up, who, like, were there any defensemen or just players in general that you really, you know, really followed, favorite team growing up? Um, and just players that you really strive to be like? Um, yeah, I think um, it's, you know, it's been Charlie McAvoy for a while now. Um, you know, great two-way defenseman, really physical, um, you know, has a great sense for the game. So, you know, I love watching him play and really try to emulate my game after him. Um, so it, the next question is, you know, as far as players that you grew up watching even now, um, active defenseman. Who would you put on like your Mount Rushmore of like best defenseman in the uh, in the NHL right now? Ooh, currently, there's so I, many good ones, dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to. Um, I mean, there's so many you know different styles of defenseman right now. I'd say Quinn yeah. Hughes is up there for sure. I mean, he's tearing it up, taking the league by storm. So he's definitely got to be one of them. Um, Charlie McAvoy, uh, for sure. Um, Love to know, hear guys, that. Guys like. Victor Hedman just forces to be reckoned with. Like, there's a lot. There's so many good, you know, strong defensemen out there right now. So it's really fun to watch. Yeah, dude. Like, like you said, the amount of just overall talented, whether it's offensive defensemen, you know, just brute defensive defensemen, two way defensemen. That it's so fun to watch. Um, you know, you you had two incredibly successful seasons at uh, Shattuck. Um, you know. In 20 and 21, 43 games, you had seven goals, 40 assists uh, for 47 points. In 21 and 22 in 54 games, you had um, 18 goals, 37 assists, 53 points. Um, talk to us about what Shattuck St. Mary's did for your development and your overall game and, and what that school meant to you. Yeah, obviously it holds a really special spot in my heart. You know, I love, I love Shattuck, love all the coaches, the people, you know, the teachers. It's obviously a really good place to be if you're trying to grow your game. Um, but I think it's, you know, a lot goes into the environment you're surrounded by, you know, the guys that are all around you wanting to 
you know, achieve the same dreams. Um, so guys are always, you know, going on the ice extra, trying to get in three on three games, like little stuff like that, you know, on the extra ice, um, you know, just then being your buddies, but at the same time, the guys you go against every day. And obviously, you know, we had a really, really good uh, group of guys, my age group. So, you know, we were always battling it out, um, you know, trying to get better together. So I think, you know, obviously the coaches and the tradition speaks for itself, but I think, you know, a lot of it goes into the guys you're surrounded by and everybody pushing each other. Yeah. You know, and the amount of talent that goes through that program, I mean, it's, if you know hockey, you know, Shattuck St. Mary's and, you know, for, for you to be a part of that, like just it's a testament to, you know, how good at hockey you really are. And, uh, you know, I know I had asked earlier, um, current NHL defenseman that you kind of see yourself in, um, and just, you know, at this point in your career about to go into your freshman season, um, I know you mentioned Charlie McAvoy. Are there any other guys that you kind of see yourself in? Yeah, um, I think this guy's a little more underrated in the NHL, but I think Ryan Lindgren. Um, you know, and I love Ryan Rangers. Lindgren. I know he, he's Dude. awesome. I mean, he does all the little things right, and you know, he may be a little undersized, but I mean, he's got you know a lot of fight in him, um, and he's you know one of the best D on the Rangers, and is a huge piece for their team. And I think you know he, he's always blocking shots, hitting guys you know, stop and play. So I think him too. I mean, you know, just an all around great defenseman. Yeah. That's a great comparison, dude. Like, and I, you know, I was looking at your hockey, uh, you know, elite prospects and stuff and uh, you know, the, the penalty minutes were, were up and stuff. And I, you know, even just watching stuff, man, like you, you play with a little bit of bite to your game and um, you know, you're not, you're not afraid to block shots and get into the dirty areas and like, the minute you said Ryan Lindgren, dude, it's like, yeah, that that's a like perfect comparison. Like, um, but you know, this year you're having a solid season um, thus far. Like, you know, you guys are a loaded program. You went into BU and you know really dominated them. Um, what areas of your game would you say you most pride yourself on? And then going into your freshman year next year, um, what are some areas of your game that you really are are like looking to improve? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I take a lot of pride in, you know, all areas of the ice, um, offensive and defensive. But I think, you know, a lot of it is physicality, skating, compete level. Um, you know, like you said, willing to block shots, do little stuff to help your team, um, you know, but obviously chipping in um, on the offensive end as much as I can. So I think, you know, pretty, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that I'd say I contribute with. Um, but, you know, at Minnesota, I think as a young guy, uh, just focusing on, being, you know, ready physically, um, you know, obviously college hockey, it's big and it's fast. And um, I think, you know, you got to prepare for that in every way you can. So I think it's just going to be about being able to keep up and play my game and, you know, help the team as much as I can. Yeah, for sure, dude. Um, you know, a few weeks back, you guys, you and the boys traveled to uh, to Finland. Um, talk to us about that trip. Um, what was your favorite part of the trip? And, and overall, what were your biggest takeaways from uh, from going over there? Yeah, um, I think, you know, the best part about going overseas is definitely putting on that jersey against other countries. Um, you know, it's pretty cliche, but, you know, it's really special yeah. when you're on your end with the boys and you're looking over at the other end and it's, you know, Sweden, Finland, you know, Canada, whoever it is. Like, it's just, you know, really cool to think that it's the best of the best. Um, but I think you know, always going over there, it's definitely builds a lot of team chemistry and things like that, um, you know, with the travel and the hotel, a lot of time in the hotel. So I think, you know, there's a lot of memories made over there. Um, 
So I think, you know, the biggest takeaways, I mean, we, we had a really, we had really good success over there. So, um, you know, taken away, I think we have a really good shot at winning another world championship this year. And, you know, we're all, that's all our goal in the back of our heads. And we're working at it every day in the gym, on the ice. Um, and we're all thinking about it. Obviously the O5s took it home last year. So we want nothing more. Um, and I think we've got the guys to do it. And, you know, it's definitely our, uh, our biggest goal. Yeah, man. Overall, like just from what I've been able to watch, you guys are just such a, such a fun group to watch and you just seem super close, you know? Um, and, and it just seems like those kinds of trips just bring you kind of closer together as a, as a group. And, uh, you can, you can definitely tell like on the ice, how close you guys are. Um, so, you know, um, obviously this year or 2024, rather you're going to be draft eligible. Um, you know, for GMs, coaches, executives that are looking to draft you um what kind of what kind of person on the ice and as well as off the ice would you say they're getting in a guy like John Whipple yeah um you know I think you're getting a defenseman that you know is willing to sacrifice for his team you know whatever it may be um you know things like that you know loving the guys um wanting the best for everybody um but I think you know the little details um of your game that may go unnoticed I think I'm really good at but at the same time, um, you know, chipping on the offensive end of the ice, um, you know, in just all areas, I think, you know, I've gotten a pretty good well-rounded game. So, um, you know, I think there's a bunch of little things you're getting. I know, I know. obviously, it's going to be a dream come true, you know, wherever you get drafted, um, no matter what team it is. Um, are, there any, are there any teams or cities that you look at and kind of just go like, holy shit, like that would be unreal to be able to play, you know, put on that sweater, play in front of that city? Are there any yeah. any teams specifically that you kind of look at and it'd be like even more of a dream come true? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it'd be an honor to be drafted anywhere. Um, you know, it's a really cool position that my team's in and, you know, being draft eligible. But, um, you know, I think growing up in both Minnesota and New Jersey um, and, you know, being fans of both organizations, um, I think, you know, both those teams are definitely on my list. But, you know, like I said, um, you know, really lucky to go anywhere. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. No, for sure. Um, well, Hey man, that's, that's pretty much all we got for, for this episode. Um, I know we have been trying to get, you know, something set up for a while now, so I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, taking the time out of your schedule and out of your day to, uh, to come on, drop the mitts. Um, can't thank you enough and we wish you the best of luck this season. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome, man. Take care, buddy. Yeah. You as well. See ya.